Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Hello, Hello Colin. Welcome to Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rehef. That's cool kids, that's good. It's the second day of this, it's the third day of the Fringe. It's going all right so far. You came to see, we're all going to die, didn't you, Colin, as a ghost? How did you did you enjoy enjoy that? Yes, it's very good. Yeah, that's the ghost community. This can you see Colin? Yeah, okay. So no, so you can't see. Some people can see him. Some people can't see him. Are you a bit free? You, did you come in late and you thought, oh, there's nowhere to sit. I'm gonna have to sit there. Yeah, because that's the only way you would sit next to Colin. So <laughs> uh, you're surrounded by pretty ladies. It's working. Is that just being famous in any way, Colin? It just girls love it. That's a new. And uh, now you're famous because of this. Don't abuse the position. We don't want another. Jimmy Savile. So, um, oh, I forgot to, I've got belt and braces today. I was going to send this on more. It's a bit late. Uh, so, uh, make sure it's working, Jerry. I've forgotten to do the backup. Uh, so, uh, I'm flying, sharing a flight with Ben Moore, the, uh, the author and uh, actor and comedian. Uh, he's been telling me uh, that he thinks we eat bananas the wrong way up. <laughs> he has a new theory that apparently gorillas and monkeys eat bananas the other way up. When you have a banana, madam, I think you take the bit, there's the stalk bit, and you peel down from there, don't you? That's not what a monkey does. You're, you're, they, they hold it the other way up. They use that as a handle, and then you just sort of nip off the top and peel it the other way. And that is uh, Ben Moore's uh, theory is that if you do that, you've got a handle to hold your banana. <laughs> Which I thought, well, you know, the banana is its own handle, so you don't, need, you don't need a handle. And he was showing off about it again today. He said, this is the way to eat a banana. And then he held it by the stalk, and the whole thing fell on the floor. So I, mean, I think he has been proven wrong. Uh, I, uh, I got up early. I was on Sky News today. Yeah, I'm on it all the time. Uh, <laughs> usually when people are admitting committing suicide to me, hopefully. Let's hope David Baddiel. Just, please, please let him admit he tried to kill himself, let's hope so. Uh, <laughs> um, but I realised at the end I could have shouted out Rupert Murdoch's a big hairy fanny, I was on live, I didn't do it! <laughs> Would have been good. But I, uh, I got up quite early and uh, I think, you know, so early in the, in the fringe, I'm doing lots of exercise, I'm trying to keep fit, meeting healthily. But uh, I realised when I got to the, just, just before I started filming, uh, my, my sunglasses fell off and I realised I already had another pair of sunglasses on, and I had, and I had two pairs of sunglasses. I put on two pairs of sunglasses and moved them both up into my head area. So I was walking, and you know, people think there's Rich Herring, the eccentric. <laughs> eccentric, two sunglasses he wears, that's how rich he's become off comedy. Not one pair, like a normal person, he's got two, two different pairs of sunglasses. Uh, so uh, it's all going all right so far. So uh, look, later on there'll be a chance for the people here in the audience to win some amazing uh, prizes. First of all, a small pack of Haribo Tang Fastics. Um, you will also get a chance to win tickets to Brendan Burns. That's pretty good. Uh, I Brendan Burns hasn't heard of you either. Uh, there's, uh, there's a stand USB stick. You can put like a tiny small thing on that. It's not much. There's a copy of Ten, which is uh, my best of DVD that you get if you come to see We're All Going to Die at the Pleasance, 8 o'clock. Uh, you get a free copy of this. Anyway, that's, that's, it's like a two and a half hour DVD with all my favourite routines from all my previous shows. You can buy that and all my other merchandise from www.gofasterstrike.com. Um, please do, because they cost a lot more than I thought they were going to. And, uh, 
I've got a copy of uh, What Is Love Anyway, a two years ago show, and a copy of my book, Talking Cock. Uh, and uh, it's also, these are quite cool, actually. Uh, if you are, if you do it, this is people at home or here, I suppose. If you run a small business and you're not like, I don't want like Shell getting in touch often. Actually, if you will, no, if they would offer me like loads of free petrol, that would be fine. <laughs> that might be dangerous if I kind of store it in my flat. Uh, if you run a small business uh, and you want to send in some stuff as prizes, do send it in and. Uh, we will, uh, I'll, I'll plug it and uh, we'll give it away. The, uh, the, someone's made these coasters uh, of my posters. I'm going to give one away these every day. There's a few of them. Uh, that, that, that's quite nice. They're ceramic coasters from www.footballcoasters.co.uk. I think they maybe do your football teams for you. Uh, and uh, also, uh, there's two of these which are made by Cake Poppins, uh, which is Kate Emmett in Newcastle. They're, those are um, cakes on a stick. But it's like, that's my grave there. Can you see that? So, <laughs> I feel a bit awkward eating, you know, sort of eating your own, you know. And then I sort of die of a heart attack as I'm eating that. <laughs> so I'm going to give it to you here instead. Uh, so there's lots of, and a few bits of junk that uh, Dave from the stand, look, he's good. I'm not even going to say what it is because I don't want the people at home to know what they're... that is the most amazing thing only you at home can see what you can win if you come down uh, so do come down and you can win those up we've got quite a lot of people today so thank you for coming along uh, and uh, I think they may be here to see our guest so will you please welcome a man who is best known for his appearance on Channel 4 Stab in the Dark it is sorry a Stab in the Dark uh, it, written by Lee and Herring partly they're not his bits uh, also, Michael Gove was in that show. I should probably talk to David Baddiel about it. Uh, oh, that's who it is. Will you please welcome David Baddiel? Here he comes. <laughs> David Baddiel. That's what my dad calls him. I know that's what your dad calls me. I've done this podcast before. <laughs> I know, but I can't break and away. And you always say that. But you know they're on the internet, so people can check whether or not you've said these they things like, They enjoy the running jokes. That's kind of, that's a Colin is a ghost. That's a running joke. You can do that every day. Fills up a couple of minutes. That's just... <laughs> just he's, he's come from another time. He isn't even there. Put your hand, try and put your hand on him. You won't be able to see a ghost right through. So, what have you said about this man? He's a ghostly figure. He's an odd... What? He always comes and sits here. Usually he isn't surrounded by women, as I'm, but he's, he just sits there on his own, and I'm not sure. got white hair and shit. Just, he's a bit weird. Is he? He, he, intimid, he intimidates a lot of the guests. Who he's looking he's at there. me in a strange he's way, a, yeah. I have to say. Um, are, you, are you okay with what Richard is saying? You're not, like, are you... Better than being called a pedo, what usually A pedo, what, by the police? <laughs> That's what I, 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 I often yeah. do that as well. That's Can weird. you get him to sit somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> Don't engage him, just pretend he isn't there. I can't do that, he's really close to me. <laughs> he's, he's got like white beacon-like hair. He does keep coming back and sitting in the same place, so if he doesn't like this, it is sort of entrapment. That he kind of, he's, he's creating a, a dossier, a file. Is your, uh, name, is your name really Colin? Yeah. <laughs> that's a pedo's name. Right? <laughs> that's your own father. My dad's name, how do you know that? I don't know what I'm saying. You're a fucking weirdo too. <laughs> Yes, it is my dad's name. But I call him Colid. I don't. I don't. I don't. That would be mental. I assumed your dad would be called Lionel because that was the only way I could imagine you got Lionel as a middle name. No, my dad, I can't believe I'm telling you this, my dad's <laughs> best mate uh, was Lionel for many years. And um, this got is the named most... after your dad's best mate? I, I was named after my dad's best mate, Lionel. Lionel, Lionel Yeah. yeah no, they, they, were, they, were, they were lovers. Uh, um, and, uh, 
this is a true story. It's, I think it's the most 1970s story ever. In the late 70s, Lionel sold my dad his car, an Austin Princess, for 300 quid. Then it turned out there was a crack in the engine, so my dad asked for his money back, and Lionel said no, so they never spoke again. <laughs> and I've still got the fucking middleman. <laughs> I can't take that back. It's terrible. It'd be more 70s if they put the car keys in a little jar. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's how I was born. <laughs> it could not be, that would explain. I used to do a joke ages ago about my middle name. I used to say, because it used to be very uncool. I still is uncool. It's I think I tried to prove it was cool. You may remember this joke. By saying that LL Cool J's real name was Lionel Lionel Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> still works. People remember something. Some of the audience are too young to remember things, but yeah. Yeah, there's luckily some more. There's a young man they won't know where LL Cool Do you know where LL Cool J is? Yeah, yeah, just saying yes. <laughs> what does LL Cool J really stand for? Uh, Ladies love Cool J. <laughs> Doesn't get uh, as big a laugh as your one. No, the I truth think, is I, not. I, I, see, the, the truth is not funnier than fiction. <laughs> I've nicked a joke actually from LL Cool J. Have you? Well, not nicked a joke exactly. It's just uh, uh, LL Cool J used to say because people used to say to you, apparently, aren't you? A bit worried about the fact that women, because you sleep with a lot of women, ladies love Cool J, that they're only sleeping with you because you're LL Cool J. And he used to say, Well, I am LL Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just do that joke inserting my name in, in the show. Good to know yeah. where you get your material yeah, from. Mainly from rappers. <laughs> Stuart Lee would not approve of that. You would have to quote at the end of the show. You say some of this material well, is written by no, Uncle <laughs> James. Stuart, Stuart Lee would only be bothered if it was Nick from Stuart Lee. Wouldn't no, it? he doesn't. He doesn't like anyone using writers of any kind. William Shakespeare writes. Uncle Cool J is not my fucking writer. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. So it turns out he is. Oh right. Really? Um, so you are doing a show which I have seen, which is unusual uh, for me. <laughs> But I saw it before Ed, the Edinburgh Fringe began, so that yeah. means I could go and see it. Uh, called Fame, not the musical. Fame, yeah. the, not the musical. That's right, it's called that. And yes. what is it about? It's about fame. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's about my experiences in the wacky and wonderful world of fame, really. Uh, because I sort of, uh, well, I, just, I, I noticed that fame, the way we talk about it in our culture, is in two main ways, I think. Yeah. One is as this sort of bauble that we're all supposed to, that Simon Cowell says we're all supposed to desire, and the other is a kind of something else, the opposite, really, a tragic narrative of Amy Winehouse or uh, Janis Joplin, of the roar of the crowd and the pain of the empty hotel room, all that fucking bollocks. But I, my experience of fame, and I don't know if yours is, is actually a third way, as Tony Blair called it, which is, for example, I once uh, tried to book on a Ryanair flight five priority seats, which cost 50 quid, but I only booked one, in fact, and went on the flight early to try and save these seats for my children. And a man came up to me and he tried to get the seats. Uh, and I said in a kind of moral trump card kind of way, oh, I'm saving these seats for my children. And he said, oh, right, you're in a group, but you booked only one priority seat. That's very tight. Only he didn't. He said, that's very tight, but deal. <laughs> And that is entirely my experience of fame. There's like a thousand mundane, ordinary ways in which fame distorts your life. It could be just that the name Medea has become to mean tightness. Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't recognise you're on, you. You're on very shaky ground there, I have to tell you. Very shaky indeed. It's fine, it's fine. If it's yeah. just it's a specific, specific, specific person. Not me yeah. in a larger sense to represent a certain race or religion. That's, right. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I do represent. 
Because there's another bit, I talk about being Jewish in, in my show, I, think I say this thing that I was, this is a true thing, that I was voted in 2006 the world's sixth sexiest Jew. <laughs> it's true, and I was very flattered by that until I discovered the number five slot had gone to Sir Alan Sugar. <laughs> but then I say, which I think is true, is that I'm surprised the UK public had heard of that many Jews. I think number seven might have been Hitler, just, <laughs> just by association, because very, and that is it's true, I'm one of about three Jewish people in Britain that people sort of know is Jewish. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you think that maybe being, if everyone was famous, it would keep us all in check and we'd have to behave because people would know who we were? So if everyone is famous for 15 minutes, you, know, you can't behave in an antisocial fashion, so it should make it, it's like being watched by a... Yeah, that's probably CCTV, CCTV camera. <laughs> yeah. I guess that, that is true, is that everything you, you do is kind of visible if you're, if you're well-known. But one of the things about Twitter is it sort of does provide an opportunity for almost everyone to be famous, don't you think? Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose so, yeah, if you can get retweeted. It also gives yeah. an opportunity for everyone to... Be a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I noticed that. Oh, thank you for the round of applause, then. <laughs> you look a bit like Colin. <laughs> are, you, are they related? They're all related, they're all the Scottish. In, in Scotland. Then they put that big wall up, and then it's just interbreeding from there on in. No, I can't fly, I would fly. <laughs> if I told you, so I was thinking about the, you know, I was thinking today about all the Twitter furore about the, um, the, the bank, Jane Austen on the banknotes, but yeah. uh, and that's led to awful accusations, awful things being uh, tweeted to women. But I kind of realised that there aren't any men on any of the coins. Uh, and so I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking maybe to balance up, they could put one man on one coin. Uh, just because the Queen's on it, she's on every uh, coin. But I was also then thinking, I wondered if, uh, if there was Scottish currency, uh, whether you Scottish people would, if I said, you'll get independence, but the only thing you have to do is there will be the coin, the, the coins of Scotland will have my face on them. <laughs> uh, and they'll say, Scotch money. <laughs> and I'll be wearing a Jimmy hat. Right? <laughs> apart, apart from that, you get complete independence straight away. That would be it. Would you, will they with be the quite, Scottish will people, they be, take that? Will they be quite big coins? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? We can make my face smaller. Oh, can you? The, oh, queen's, okay. the Queen's head isn't that big. Because <laughs> <laughs> you walk around. No, I thought it was. <laughs> Is there a make coins by pressing the coins against the queen's face? Putting a molten metal against the coins. I mean, if they did, then she would deserve to be queen, wouldn't she? Yeah. 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 Also, how many times would she go through that? It might be better if it was a whole queen body, on yeah. it, rather than just the face. Yeah. Because she's got quite big tits. I'm not suggesting that I would masturbate <laughs> to a coin of the queen. <laughs> um, she really hard up. Yeah, really. There's no internet yeah. in your hotel. Probably what about Britannia on the back? You could get Britannia. That's the full. That's a full body of Britannia. Well, that's an interesting point, pornographically, because that French woman who's like Britannia yeah, has her bosom out. She does. Have you masturbated to that? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but now you've maybe... Yeah. I can find some old French currency. Yeah. It's going to be quite a, tr yeah. a haul to find that, because they've got the euro now. Have they? Yes, I yes, believe so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know if she was on the currency, the tip woman, was she? I think she was on the uh, five franc note, uh, wasn't she? Or something like the brown franc note. Liberté. Is that someone French? Liberté, is that what she's called? Yeah. Oh, li yeah. Are you French? Uh, what is it? What does a Galatea look like? Is it that is <laughs> like, uh, bloke with his cock out? <laughs> <laughs> Awful sight, just listeners. I should tell you that Richard was masturbating, but I should also say that the thrust of his masturbation was very small. Virtually nothing. 
My hand automatically goes to ladies. That is so. You uh, weren't. Oh, what's happened to this podcast? <laughs> I emailed you before and said, "Can we try and make it a bit grown up?" And look what's happened. Because last time I did it, all Richard talked to me about was whether or not I'd suck my own cock. <laughs> and I'm nearly 50. No one wants to hear about that. So I, I said, don't do that in the Edinburgh Fringe podcast. No, you just do mimes of yourself wanking. What would, it, what would it take for you to suck off the actor Keith Up? That's what I do in the Edinburgh Fringe one. The actor Keith Up? Yeah, what would you need in return for sucking him off? That's a very good question. It is, yes. I haven't been asked that before. Uh, I imagine if it was Keith Allen that he would have to be holding me hostage <laughs> in some sort of terrible basement and after a few years I'd develop Stockholm syndrome <laughs> Keith Allen syndrome I'd fall in love with him even though he's hateful and then I'd do it that's what it would take like in the ca- Ariel Castro case you'd have to be, but yeah, be yeah. exactly like that he's yeah. got a, I noticed he's been in prison for life and a thousand years Keith Allen really <laughs> I wish yeah, Ariel so Castro though you know with good behaviour he'll be let out with life in 500 years. That's, that's, the way, that's the way it is these days. I kind of hope Do you think Keith Allen is a worse person than Ariel Castro? Ariel Castro's got a much better name as well. He sounds, he sounds like he should be in a band. He sounds like he should be in The Tempest. It's sort of like he's both Ariel and Caliban all in one. Oh, you've really raised the tone, finally. <laughs> Yeah. It's like a spiritual figure who imprisons strangers in his basement. And, yeah, it's a horrible thing. Uh, I, won't, I don't think there's that much comedy in that. <laughs> Unless there's some people from Twitter listening, in which case. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, I, didn't, you've got I, I didn't understand that bit. What, no, was, that, what was that knocking? That was me knocking the prize. I was trying to give people a clue at home of what oh, this is. What? This is a prize that they don't know. Oh, I see. Oh, I, see. Uh, I was doing a sort of. I was trying to make my own applause. <laughs> that is a good idea. Because everyone was looking at me like I'd said yeah. something wrong. Yeah. And I was nervously... I want Colin is looking at me in such a frightening way. I'm sorry, it's really, it's really putting me off. Um, he does, he's there to intimidate. What's your middle name, Colin? Neil. Colin Neil. Most Scottish name ever. <laughs> Fantastic. What's your, what's your surname? It's McSporrin. <laughs> is it? It's like, what is it? Richie, it's still fucking that's Scottish. That's Colin Neil Richie, excellent. There's a solicitor's down East London Road or East London Street called McSporrins. There's a what? And a solicitor. Like a solicitor, a lawyer, yeah. not like a character from the B. I think there might be a defence lawyer called McSporrins. <laughs> I would, you know, I would burn that place down if I if I was Scottish. I would think that is just they are literally taking the piss out of the whole, They're sitting there yelling, yeah, "What should we call the most offensive yeah. name?" <laughs> <laughs> Not just sparring, muck sparring. They're, they're, <laughs> they're laughing at you and taking all your money. So you've got a lot of famous friends, I noticed from your show. I have, yeah. All your friends seem to be famous. No, that Do you have true. any non famous friends? You? <laughs> You're not Actually, my friend. no, we're not friends. <laughs> we're not friends, not at all. Uh, yeah, I have, I have them, but mentioning them isn't going to work because people no. won't know who they are. I kind of find I it very weird. F- uh, oh no, he's famous. <laughs> <laughs> No, I have, I have, uh, yes. But I, it's just that I've been in and out of fame of show business for a long time, and you get friendly with the people you I've work been, with. I've been some in of the people that I became, you own Guiding, I know, but that's because you just don't have any friends. But, uh, but some of the people that I became friendly with weren't famous when I became friendly with them. In the King and then kind of gallingly, yeah, they got really famous. <laughs> like I saw Russell Brand at the Pleasance in 2004, and no one really had heard of him then. He was, yeah. did a show in front of 60 people, he was really funny. So I decided to become friends with him because he was funny. Maybe because I knew he'd become famous as well. No, because he was really funny. 
And actually, it is a thing, not really a funny thing, but an interesting thing, which is Russell Brand, at the time, he may just have been saying this to try and uh, be nice to me, but he said he was a massive fan of mine and could quote lots of bits of my stand-up and whatever. And so we went for a drink, and he was doing that. And it was the first time that I'd met any fan of mine who, whilst doing that, was still looking over my shoulder at women. <laughs> <laughs> was supposed to be excited to meet a hero of yours, but no, he was just looking at women in the bar. He, is, he, was, he was a guest on my Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Yeah. Was he looking at women during the show? Uh, he would, yeah. Pretty yeah. much. I mean, and then immediately went off into the night yeah. uh, and looked for more women. Yeah. I just think you'd get just sick of it, wouldn't you? It's well, like having you clipping Augustus Gloop falling into that chocolate river and that sort of thing. In the end you'd go, that's a bit too much chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I love chocolate, but I don't like chocolate that much. Um, I don't want to be in a river of women. saying chocolate. Like, that's got <laughs> bad connotations. Uh, but I, um, I'm interested in that because you are a bit of a sort of uh, Aldi's version of Russell Brand in the sense. <laughs> uh, oh yes, you're married now. I'm happily married now. Now, but for years you used to do quite a lot of sleazy fourth division shagging. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I failed a lot. I failed to shag quite a lot. Yeah, but I, I think that tried. was your policy, wasn't it? Your policy was I'll keep trying in a blanket way. Well, we talked about this. How many women podcast? have you shagged? Um, so, uh, some women. Look, why, why won't you admit that? What's the embarrassment? Why is the embarrassment of a, you're, you're a man who just talks about wanking and about. Very personal it's, private it's a little jewel that you hold to yourself. Uh, it's uh, over. It's in three figures. Oh, you see? That's a lot. Yes, I think that's quite a lot. For a bloke who looks like that. That's quite a lot. And that, it, how much of that, to get back to the subject, is to do with your fame, do you think, or just your sheer innate charm? I don't think it very much, because I don't think I ever was that famous. And in fact, when we, when we toured as Lee and Herring, Stu was so puritanical, it was kind of actually frowned upon to sort of hang out and try and get off with girls at gigs. And we oh, were he's, such a, he's such a cop. I always found that kind of thing always just too embarrassing as well, to kind of hang around in the bar and hope that yeah. And Strangely, what, Rob Newman was not like that. Was he, not, no, he was really not like that. But also, if I hang around in the bar after a gig, I just get loads of comedy nerds come up and talk to me, which is fine up and to a point. And you just think with some of them? No, well, they're, they're usually unfortunate. I would if they were uh, comedy nerd women. I like yeah. comedy nerd women. But yeah. I don't like... Well, and I like comedy nerd men, because really? I am one, but I don't want to put my penis in any of them. <laughs> not even for Augustus Gloop's <laughs> sake. <laughs> okay. So, uh, it wasn't, you know, it just I was single for my, until I was 40, really. You know, I had girlfriends, but, yeah. I was, but I, that's quite a long time, so I don't think it's that many people, really. Mm-hmm. And most of it was... You don't have to apologise for I'm it. Not, I'm, I'm just not, interested. I, most of it was, um, you know, in, in my later 30s, really. I was, I mean, this is uh, quite personal, but that's all right. Uh, I was always shit at promiscuity, ladies and gentlemen. I know, really rubbish at it. And I was with, uh, in double acts, uh, very promiscuous people. Rob Newman, who some of you may not even have heard of anymore. He was in the Mary White suit with me. He was brilliant at promiscuity. And then Frank Skinner, who was fucking brilliant at it. <laughs> Frank, he was, I mean, amazing at it, you know. And, uh, and the thing that I could never do, because I really wanted to be promiscuous. I mean, I really loved the idea of it, partly because I've been in a relationship from 16 to 27, right? And I was so, like, she split up with me, that woman, she had an affair. Within two days, I was over-fucking-joyed. I was so happy. I thought, great, I can go sleep with lots of people. Then I became famous. Then people wanted to sleep with me in a way they never did want to. After about six 
uh, of the normal kind of comedian one night stands and me completely failing to do the thing you have to do to, if you're good at promiscuity, which is not be nice afterwards. You have to fuck off and say goodbye, I don't want to hear from you ever again. I couldn't do that, I felt too much of a cunt. I just ended up being with someone, having a girlfriend. And uh, I, I, that was a big mistake. Sorry, I was very... I, <laughs> I apologise, Sarah, if you're listening. I apologise, it was a great six fucking years. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, I really wanted to be promiscuous for years, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do, not the sex, I could do that, more or less, but I couldn't, I couldn't do the leaving. Yeah, I think you can still do both. I think you can still be nice. That's the, that's well, leave nicely. No, they're, they're, they're crushed and they're broken. <laughs> Richard, I know you think they are smiling, but they're not smiling inside. They're happy to see the back of me, I think. No one's happy. <laughs> you know what's happy to see the back of me. Especially not naked. Jesus. You were like this on well, the you last walk one. Out, you walk you out like that. Like <laughs> you walk out the hotel room like, like an elephant. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I, mean, I, didn't, I don't think many people knew I was. I, the, the one time, like when I was, this was about uh, when I was about 35, and it was, uh, and I'd met a girl at, at a gig, and um, and she was quite drunk. Yeah. She was a bit too drunk, really, and I was sort of, but she was quite nice looking. She said, "Oh, let's go and get another drink," and I was like. Okay, we're gonna have another drink, but then we couldn't find it. We go, and she couldn't remember where she lived. Did you at any point think maybe I shouldn't? What well, with her essentially I being I drunk, homeless? I did. I did. But then the thing that actually completely put me off was that we were walking back. She finally worked out where she lived. She lived inside central London, and uh, we we uh, were walking back, and she was going. Um, I can't believe I'm with Rich Terry from Fistful of Fun. Fistful of Fun, Fistful of Fun. And that isn't even the name of the... It wasn't even called that. So I was thinking, so I was thinking can I do this? And then I got back to her actual door, and I was just thinking, I can't really, I can't, this is too crazy, I can't do this. But she could, she lost her key. And she was ringing the, the doorbell, and then a really angry voice said, Wait, what's going on? Why you woke me up? And I thought, oh, I'm really not going to go into that. Yeah. That was the thing that really made me clarify that yeah. I've so got through thinking this woman doesn't know who I am. is been sleeping because she thinks I know who I am, but doesn't even know so who I am. So you missed out on your fistful of So I did miss out on that fistful of <laughs> Well, I might as well tell my uh, similar embarrassing story. Uh, I uh, mentioned uh, Rob Newman, who I used to be in a double act with in the Mayor Rights Experience, and we uh, used to have a catchphrase, which some of you will which was, that's you, that is. And for those of you who don't know, it was an old history, two old history professors, a sketch on history today, and instead of talking about history, they used to say things like, see that piece of dog shit, that's you, that is. And I was once sleeping with a woman uh, after a gig, and she said to me, say the catchphrase. <laughs> and I just went, no, I'm actually having sex with her at the time. I say, no, she goes, gets a bit steely and goes to say the catchphrase. And so I'd like you to imagine, if you will, a pair of scales with, on the one hand, my dignity, my integrity and my sense of self, and on the other, very blue balls indeed. So, so I did it, right? And what is terrible about it is you have to put on an old man's voice. So it's really creepy going, that's you, that is. But I sometimes wonder, and I honestly do, whether or not I'd have retained more of my integrity if I'd done the whole bit, if I'd have gone, you see that young woman who basically I'm exploiting and who for the rest of her life will feel cheapened and sullied by this experience. That's you, that is. And then I'd have felt better, I think, about the whole thing. Terrible, it was awful. Yeah. I didn't stop them. No. I should have stopped. Luckily I've been with my wife since I came up with the idea of pumpkins. So I'm, 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 I haven't had to face. 
<laughs> Your wife is a comedian, isn't she? She is a comedian, yes. Well, she's a children's author and a comedian. Okay. Uh, and uh, does she ever feel that this is the same for women, that women have, before she was married to you, of course, have opportunities or not? I'm always interested in this, whether women on stage generate the same kind of aphrodisiac stuff that men are supposed to. I don't know. I really, I, I first saw, the first time I saw her was doing a set, and I thought she was amazing. Beautiful, yeah. fantastic. So that did work for me. But she, I think she was in a very, she was in a long-term relationship before she met me. Then I stole. You say before? Oh, yeah. well, she, you actually saw I stole her off right? another guy. Yeah. Who is the other guy? No, I don't know. That's her previous boyfriend. Is it Colin? Uh, no, it is Colin. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's here every night. That's why he's here. Staring at you. <laughs> That's why his head's turned so crazy. He's only, he's only 23. Uh, no, but uh, no. So yes, I don't know. She did. Ch hopefully, she hasn't really had the opportunity to find that out uh, since I met her. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but no, I don't think it is the same for women because I think. But I think most men, as uh, maybe a lot of men, are intimidated by to clever and funny women. It seems, I don't believe it that. seems on Twitter. I don't. It seems on fucking Twitter. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe that at all. I mean, there's a woman called Julian Smolensky on Twitter. I don't know if you come across her. She's an incredibly funny tweeter. Yeah. And I find that quite sexy. Well, Not to the point I am masturbating to one of her tweets, <laughs> but I find it quite sexy. I just don't suggest you did take that. Can I ask that? That I This is a stupid thing to do, because no one's going to say, yeah, I am. But can I ask the men in the audience, do are, what man here is frightened and intimidated by funny, clever women? Is there a single man here who would say they've ever felt that? Not amongst Not my... What? Fans. Yeah. They're, they're very, I, mean, I suppose it would be weird for someone to go, yes, I am. Yeah. That, that would be weird. But I still think I've never known anyone to do that. Well, but then say, people I think say, it's a myth. People I think say it's a they myth. don't like the that women, I think with female comedians do uh, argue that men don't like a, a woman that's funnier than them. But I can imagine being. Uh, the, you know, well, you can I'm imagine a woman who's funnier than I can imagine. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being with a woman I didn't find funny. I no, no, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, imagine being like, attracted to a woman I don't no. find funny because it's you know that's such a big part of life. No, so. I agree. I think that's something. It's a bit different with uh, our generation. I mean, because my. My parents, they basically hate each other, and uh, I shouldn't really say that, but they, they've had a really difficult marriage, it is true. And one reason why they've had a really difficult marriage is that they don't really share any kind of sense of humour. But I think in the old days, that wasn't considered very important, because men and women, you know, husband and wife, didn't really have to be mates. You know, that wasn't important. Yeah. Uh, whereas now, I think, you know, it would be the worst thing in the world not to be able to sit on the sofa and laugh at the same things on the telly and whatever. Yeah, but also I think our parents' generation just sort of almost got together with the first yeah, suitable person. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah to my Just got on with it. Well, they had to have sex, and that was the only way they could do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know, we should be grateful for that. <laughs> we should be. Right. Right. We wouldn't be here. I think my parents do get on very well. So that's very an lovely. interesting thing. Sorry, that's an interesting thing in terms of me. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if I should say this, but uh, my mum is a refugee from Nazism. It's true. She was born in Nazi Germany. Uh, there's a swastika on her passport. And she came to Britain as a result of that, and obviously that's where she met my dad. So every so often I think, well, if it wasn't for Hitler, I wouldn't have been born. <laughs> so it's odd for a Jew, but I'm kind of grateful to Hitler because of that. So that's complicated, isn't it? That is, well, I've discussed this at length on the other podcast, but it is any, everything that's happened in the past has, has created us. So yeah. all the bad things that happened in the past had to happen for us to be here. If they hadn't happened, none of us would What would happen, do you think? I mean, I'm asking this of you, it should be asked of me. If someone, if I could go back in time and someone said, right, he'll die, the Holocaust won't happen, lots of people will be saved, but you won't be alive, what will you do? I think I'd probably still go with the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? 
but you're just killing different people if you go, if you go yeah, back and kill someone Hitler, else. Will be well, there'll just be different people who will live because if there's no Holocaust, that's eight, ten, twelve. Well, if there's no World War Two, that's twenty-five million people back in the world. Yeah, it's not just Jews. So it's if, because of my decision, yeah, yeah. twenty-five million people have died. That's well, terrible. Yes, and they're back alive again. So if know. I was in about time by Richard Curtis, <laughs> that'd be a very bleak version of it. Sorry, I don't know if you've seen that movie uh, being trailed, but it's a movie about a bloke who can go back in time to sort out little romantic things that have gone wrong. I've got a different idea of it, where I go back in time and fuck up the universe. Basically. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, it's, but it's like in Quantum Leap. I'm very obsessed with um, time travel. But if, if Sam Beckett, the, not that one, the one from Quantum Leap, goes yeah, back in time, goes back. You should watch it. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, he, <laughs> he goes back and he completely alters people's lives. But that would have a massive domino effect on everyone else's lives. You can't save someone's life and that would change. When everything. you say domino effect, you don't mean it would involve dominoes. It do might, you? Be, it no. might even possibly involve. <laughs> okay. I've got an idea for a play. I've got a few uh, time travel ideas that I've got. I'm going to make my, you, my you niche. Pitch, are you pitching them to me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've, got, I've already pitched one to Edgar Wright, which is about Good Night Sweetheart, where a man who's obsessed with Good Night Sweetheart goes back. He finds a passage back. Well, the ITV sitcom. BBC Two sitcom. BBC One sitcom. <laughs> goes back in time and, uh, and through the same packet passage, but ends up on the set of Good Night Sweetheart. Right. Um, that's not really a film, is it? That's, is. A, that's a 30 second game. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, I'm going to do okay. it. Uh, and then I've got another one which is uh, Waiting for Godot, but about five minutes into Waiting for Godot, Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap <laughs> goes, goes into S1 or Wii, or S1, doesn't matter which one. And then he's trying, he's trying to kind of stop them waiting for Godot. But then he's made to question, is he, is he in fact Godot himself? Is that, was, that, was, what that, was that what they were waiting for? And then he realises they're fictional characters and that he himself is a fictional character. That'd be a good play, wouldn't you? You'd watch that next year. In the, I've, got, I've got an idea. What's it going to be called? Uh, waiting for Sam Beckett. Good. Uh, and I've got one of uh, uh, Connecticut Yankee at the uh, King of Prince Hamlet's Court. Right, yeah, that's so a Lauren Hardy film, isn't it? No, there's it's a Mark Twain novel, Connecticut Yankee at the Court of King Arthur. Isn't there a Lauren Hardy film? Well, with Hamlet. Not with Hamlet, no, with, <laughs> with Laurel and Hardy. That's called something like a well, Yankee. Uh, there's uh, something. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think there is, but there's, there is. Uh, there might be, yeah. Can you cut this bit from the podcast? No, no, no. Does anyone know if there's a Lauren Hardy film based on Mark? There Twain's? is, isn't there? There's something with Yankee in it, but it's for university, isn't it? Yeah, are you here? Is anyone here? Yeah. Anyone? There is one. Yank at Oxford. A Yank at Oxford. Oxford. Okay, that's very almost nothing like it. Okay. <laughs> I had a Yank at Oxford. <laughs> oh, you finally! Thank God you brought it back to masturbation. They, we were losing them, but you brought it back. So uh, let me see. What, well, do you remember you losing you? them with your postmodern fucking plays? That'd be good to watch that, wouldn't you? When a sort of cheery Connecticut guy turns up at the court of Hamlet and tries to convince him not to kill himself. No, I won't watch that. That's going to be on no. doing that next year. Next year, I'm doing the tr all three of those plays. Oh, yeah. But you have to come to all three of them. They're all going to be in a row and they're all going to be three hours long. You know, you're only allowed to come if you watch all three of them all the way through. I think it's going to be a hit. Uh, do you, what do you remember about the uh, Channel 4 programme Stab in the Dark? Oh, you're obsessed with that, aren't you? Did yeah. you actually write for we it? We did. We wrote, uh, me and Stu wrote for um, Tracy McLeod. All right. We helped from, but although I, it was the one time early on when I just really hated it, so Stu did all the work. I know, I hated doing the show. I, thought, right. I just couldn't get into it. But we were there, Very few people know what we're talking about. It's a very <laughs> obscure programme. Um, after I did uh, the first season of Memorize Experience, I got asked to do a programme called Stab in the Dark, which was a late night Channel 4 programme, which uh, there's a thing in television, this is just true, not especially funny, but true, uh, which is that quite, there's a generation of TV executives who are obsessed 
with that was the week that was. They just think it's the best thing ever. If you ever watch it now, you'll find out it was shit. Uh, I mean, certainly in terms of now, it's very dated, comedy and all the rest of it. But they're obsessed with it. They think it's the high watermark of satire on television. So they thought it would be a bit like that. But it was sold to me, not really as a comedy show, but as a polemical show. Uh, they, it was sold to me, actually, as being in the spirit of Julie Birchall, the journalist. I must just take a sidebar here to talk a moment about Julie Birchall. Uh, I, I talk in my show about uh, bad reviews, about being that one of the reasons why fame is a bit of an issue, that you have to put other people saying horrible things about you. And Julie Birchall, uh, the journalist, used to slag me off in her Guardian column every single week. And after a while, I had to avoid uh, her Guardian column uh, in case I, I would see it. Because anyone who tells you that these things don't hurt, they are lying basically. And so I'd avoid it. And then one day I saw one of her columns and it was about how much she hates America. And I thought, oh, I'll read this one and that'll be all right. I won't be in that. And then there was a sentence halfway down that went, America has done more damage to this planet and its people than Nazi Germany, fascist Japan and David Badil <laughs> put together. So that was unfortunate. Um, but anyway, that was how it was sold to me, uh, that uh, Stab in the Dark would be a kind of polemical ranting show. And the team they put together was me, a woman called Tracy McLeod, who's a brilliant uh, woman and a friend of mine, uh, who used to do The Late Show, and Michael Gove, right? which was a bit odd. Uh, now, I didn't know it at the time, uh, but just this sort of, he was 24, coming on 58 uh, at the time, very Scottish, and I have to tell you this, you won't like it, he was incredibly nice. He was really, really polite and nice bloke. I know, it's going against the grain. He did, if this is any help, have terrible digestion. <laughs> Appalling flatulence. I, if I, can re if I, I remember one thing that happened. I don't know if this is funny now, but it was funny at the time. Uh, we did a bit about, there were posters around uh, at the time uh, of this thing. I think it was to do with the Hitler Diaries or something. Or the, there was something about the Nazis, anyway, was in some newspapers. And they had pictures of the Nazis, and then the phrase, let the earth tremble. Uh, was, and it was a very sort of, uh, you know, stentorian campaign or whatever. And we did a bit about it. And then about two or three days later, uh, Michael Gove came in to the room, uh, we're talking in, and he happened to mention that it had beans for lunch. And Tracy went, let the earth tremble. <laughs> I really liked that at the time. But yeah, so it was Michael Gove. But occasionally people ask me what he was like, and they're disappointed to know he was a nice like well, was he horrible to you? Not really, because there was something about him. Well, there was, was there a, he's going to become the education secretary yeah. of fuck up schools in Britain in 20 years' time? Because he had that kind of wet-lipped, kind of public schoolboy, horrible Oxbridge thing that everybody... But you did. went to Oxbridge. I don't know, but he had the whole thing. That he got quite wet lips as well. Not tonight, but I've got to bring any water out of me, I'm very thirsty. Can we get uh, you some water? No, sorry. Well, we'll be going off in a sec for, uh, for the uh, stand-up. Are you here, K.E.? Maybe we won't. <laughs> uh, so, uh, maybe we'll just carry on. Um, uh, hopefully she's here. Is Katie around? No, she isn't. Oh dear. Uh, she's forgotten to come. Uh, we might just be talking What about, happens now? Uh, well, no, so it won't be, and I was just checking she was here, but it's all right. She's, she's not on for another five minutes or so. There she is. Uh, is she? No, I can't see. I don't know what you're talking about. What happened? Uh, <laughs> we have a little stand-up spot coming up. Oh, in the, the middle of the yeah, podcast? Yeah, just, just near the end, but it'll right. be about five, ten minutes away, or not at all. She isn't actually here. <laughs> but you thought you saw... Are you here? Stand-up. <laughs> Oh, okay. There she is. Hello. Hello. That's, Kate, that's Katie, who yeah. I didn't know was coming yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, so she'll be on in a bit. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, to Tracy McLeod, yeah. who was a very respected journalist, 
I discovered, found out that I don't like the sound of polystyrene rubbing against polystyrene. I don't either. I really I hate, hate it. My, I really my, hate it. I've got graves in my set for, uh, for We're All Going to Die, which are made of polystyrene. I kind of have to leave the room when they're getting put up. because no, really? That squeak, of, they get put in like yeah. little stands and that squeak is yeah. uh, just terrible. But knowing this, at one point, she, when we were walking to a, a house one time, she got in front of us, hid, hid behind a car, yeah. and then jumped out and we squeaked <laughs> polystyrene together. Oh, and she was a very serious... Yeah. 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 That's my main memory is her crouch, yeah. you know, ready to jump out at me and make me squeak. At least it wasn't Michael Goat. <laughs> very terrifying. He was, he, did you like him, really? Michael he was incredibly polite and nice to me. That's all it fucking takes, basically. If someone's nice to me, I think they're nice. So you have a sciatica at the moment? Is I have. I'm wearing, sexually transmitted I'm wearing, no, I'm wearing the uh, bondage thing. Uh, no, it's a, for, it's a back uh, support because oh, okay. I have sciatica. Yeah. That's lower back. Pain, no, it's an Italian pudding. <laughs> yeah, it's a lower back herniated disc. It's a, that is the thing about coming back to do stand-up. I haven't done proper stand-up for over ten years. And, uh, yeah, I, I just standing is quite difficult now, basically. Yeah. Oh, well, is it affecting your show? Are you all right? You well, I've thought down? about having to sit down, but I don't really want to sit down in the middle of the show. That feels weird. Me. Is there anything you can do to cure that? Yeah, you can give me a lovely massage. You, you could come off. Just I've got like, a little bit of blood. That up. is I, true, though. I just worked through it. It is true, too. It's funny, just if you're show. I don't wear a corset. For your show about, <laughs> about death. Yeah. I, 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 wear, I don't wear a corset because I, I, I have lost some weight, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, people often say to me, normally, uh, oh, you've lost some weight. I normally haven't. I just say, you think of me as fatter than I am. Uh, <laughs> but I um, have lost some weight, and I started this diet. Because my son said to me one day, Dad, you've got a fat shadow. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, therefore, I should start a diet. So, yeah, that, that is supposed to help with the back pain as well. Yeah. David Mitchell uh, goes on long walks. I know he does, That's what yeah. he does, and then writes a book about it. Yeah, I've read, I've read that, yeah. Yeah. I've got to ask you an emergency question. What's the emergency question? Well, they've got loads, but... Um, oh, OK. Uh, what age were you breastfed until... <laughs> 17. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember that that clearly. Uh, my, my mother has reasonably big tits, which still, at the age of 78, she shows off. It's really, really... It's appalling because it, it's like the surface of the moon. I shouldn't say that, but it is quite complicated to look at, especially for me. Uh, so I, I'm not tempted to breastfeed anymore, is what I'm saying. Uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, how, when were you breastfed? I don't know. Yeah, I, I was breastfed, but Izzy uh, City was breastfed until she was four. That's why I asked that question. Yeah. Uh, she she remembers, well, she remembers being she remembers breastfed. Being but some people are some weird yeah. people. <laughs> it's a bit weird. Colin, do you know when you were breastfed? I don't think you have. No, we never had, had any milk of any kind. No, I think you might have had tin evaporated milk from a very early age. Right, another emergency question. If you had to marry a Muppet, one of the characters from the Muppet Show, <laughs> which of the Muppets would you choose to marry? Is it, is it too obvious to say Miss Piggy? No, I think it, well, that Complicated for a Jewish bloke. Maybe that's part of the taboo breaking. You don't have to eat. You do have to eat. What are you talking about? <laughs> what kind of sex life have you had? No, I mean, I... Uh, I think, yeah, she's, I've always found her quite attractive. There aren't that many other women no. in the Muppets, are there? Are there what Jan other women? Janice from the... Janice? Who's that? From the Batches, the blonde woman in the band. That's the one I like. Is she a woman? Yeah. Janice? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a Muppet. That's someone in your dreams. Pointless uh, answer zero. It's good. You ever play Pointless? I've said this on Wednesday. And you have to choose a Muppet. Janice from the Muppets. That will get you no zero points. Okay. So now I've publicised it. Okay. Uh, who, so you'd sleep with Janice? Yeah. 
Would you sleep? What about if you had to sleep with? I mean, the others. And what? It's not sleeping. The others. With sleeping with his partner, man. Well, they your mates. Yeah, that's what I think. But you it's mate. you know. But it's oh, you're thinking mate. about whether you share a sense of humour with them. Which one? identify as well. I think I share a sense of humour with Fozzie, obviously. So I'd have to sleep. I have to marry Fozzie. Got a nice hat as well. Yeah, yeah. that was the new emergency question. It hasn't. Jenny Claire doesn't know any of the Muppets. What? So that, that didn't. She doesn't know any of the Muppets. Doesn't know any. When you eat asparagus, does your wee then smell of asparagus? Whose does not? Yeah, of course. Some people don't, and some people can't smell that, that it does. Some no, it smells really horribly and stinkily of asparagus. I did. I had a whole pack of asparagus yesterday because it was going off. My so your wee smell them off. <laughs> really? I really tell you what, with the, with the mix with urine, yeah. it already smells a bit <laughs> off normally. And so now it, it was just on the, you know, it was still edible, but, I, but I, didn't, I wanted to eat it all just because otherwise it would go off. Yeah, you could. But then I did it. a wee in that toilet right there, Dave. Okay. You might be still be able to. No, I didn't smell it. Uh, but you could have chucked it away, Richard. Why no, but I waste not, want not. Okay. Did you? How did you cook it? I've got. One priority seat on EasyJet, <laughs> despite being right, a multi-millionaire. Yeah. I'm not a multi-millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> how much money have you got, David? Seeing <laughs> I told you how many people I had sex with. I've, slept with, I've slept with eight women. <laughs> <laughs> so look, we're going to have a quick uh, break. We'll come back and chat some more. Uh, every day we have uh, one of the a newer. Is that not it? It's not it. You're going to come back and you're going to do a competition. Oh, surely we've talked about everything there is we, to talk we'll about. We'll have a little. We can go backstage and say, "Do you want to talk about anything else?" And okay. if we don't, we can just do the competition. Okay. Uh, and someone will win all that wonderful stuff. I'm, I'm going to put I'm twenty pounds as well today. I'm going to add twenty pounds because I've got like some Scottish money. It's useless, isn't it? I have to say that it does seem to industry people like toy money. It does. I'm afraid. But so, and also. It's, it's, if you not found this, that when you when you go back to England and you're in a curry house or whatever, and you give them twenty pounds of Scottish money, they're really fucked off. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not. I mean, it is completely currency. It's not as bad as uh, Northern Irish money, which is which looks even more like toy money and which no one knows anything. I didn't about. know there was Northern exactly. Irish money. There's there's Northern Irish ten pound notes that are different than our ten. Do they not have twenty pound notes? They might. I don't know. They probably are twenty pound notes as well. Okay. But you know, I've had to try and get rid of some of those, and they're the hardest to get rid of. Okay. So anyway, David, get out of the way for the minute, okay, and sorry. then uh, <laughs> stop talking about... We're not, Michael, we're not Michael McIntyre, are we? We're going to have to discuss what we've observed. We discuss, we discuss whether we'd wank over a coin. That is what we discuss here. That is what Michael McIntyre will never learn. So we've got a quick, uh, a, a quick five-minute slot from an up-and-cunning... Cunning and cunning? <laughs> an up-and-cunning comedian. Uh, could have gone worse. Uh, will you please welcome? She'll tell you all about her show at the end. Will you please welcome the amazing Katie Mulgrew? Festival. I think comedy should be performed like this. It should be in smaller, more intimate venues. I get really grumpy, I get really cross when I meet people and they go, ah, you're a comedian. Oh, I love comedy. Um, I watch it in arenas. Oh. That's like someone going, oh, I love classical music. Um, I listen to it in lifts. <laughs> That's where it should be. It's not. Uh, I also think, you know, it's, it's where the art form belongs, you know, doing a show to just two Frenchmen. That was last year. Yeah, that was awkward, but fun. Uh, I did my shows just, yeah, just two French lads. They were great. They were called uh, Jacques and Pierre. Yeah, like, lads, have you wandered out of my French GCSE trickle law textbook? <laughs> or are you from Glasgow and having a laugh? 
Like, they were great at one point. Uh, bear in mind, ladies and gentlemen, I've been on stage for about half an hour at this point. One of them popped his hand up, Pierre. Oh, manners, very polite. <laughs> two of you though, I can see you, don't be a dick. And then, um, <laughs> it's okay, uh, we, are, we are very, very sorry, but we have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> You're in Scotland, pal. Buckle up. <laughs> this accent is not that difficult to understand. It's actually one of the sexiest. No, he wasn't having any of it. He was a bit like you, actually. Lancashire? No. And then he went, uh, where are you from? I went, oh, I'm from um, Rochdale in Lancashire. Please explain. All right. Uh, how do I explain the bleak Dickensian landscape? That is my hometown of Rochdale. Okay, how do I lonely planet this shit up? Let's, let's do this, Pierre and Jacques. Uh, well, and for everybody else who's never been, this is an example of how bleak my hometown is. The McDonald's in Rochdale <clears throat> has gone. <laughs> Have a little think about how bleak that is. Yeah. But put it in perspective, there's a McDonald's in Iraq. <laughs> but now my hometown, Ronald, was a bit too dangerous. No. Bit of a pain for me though, because I've got a gorgeous nephew. He's three. He's called Tristan. <laughs> in Rochdale. <laughs> Somebody's getting bullied. <laughs> Probably by me. And I look after him quite a lot. And parents here will know that McDonald's is your wingman. Anything goes wrong, push a bit of McDonald's in their faces. Blackmail them. Uh, Tristan came up to me the other week when I was looking after him and I was like, oh Tristan, oh, oh that is a lot of blood. Um, do you want a McDonald's? Make you forget everything. And then I got to thinking maybe that's what America did with Iraq. <laughs> oh, Iraq! Oh, that's a lot of bloodshed. Do you want a McDonald's? <laughs> uh, my show, I thought I'd just give it a little plug, uh, it's on 4, 10 plus 1, uh, is about my dad. And I think David was saying before about claims to fame, my claim to fame is my dad is a comedian. My dad uh, is a comedian called Jimmy Cricket. Yeah, that's right. Who knows who he is? Just give me a little quick cheer. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, you really laughed about that, sir. You were like, yeah, I'm well aware the podcast people won't know this, but yeah, I'm well aware his face has happened all over mine. It's absolutely fine. Uh, I'm living with that consequence every day. And what's quite a fun game, that because uh, my dad was a comedian, uh, he was most famous in the 70s and the 80s, and me and my siblings have been playing a dead fun game over the last six months. Uh, and it's called... <laughs> Which one of our dad's friends from the 70s is a paedophile? <laughs> uh, it's cracking. Great, great after dinner, dinner games. Uh, and it's, no, it's been really upsetting. Like, I've watched, like, my dad's friends, like, like get arrested. And I'm watching this thinking, God, that's so upsetting. That's so upsetting for me, because obviously was a really ugly child. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave on that joke. Uh, <laughs> It's a lunchtime show. I mean, you're going to have to have some of your five a day for that joke coming in. So, yeah, well, thank you very much for having me, guys. I've been Katie Morgrew. Uh, yeah, please, please come and see my show. Yay! Bye! <laughs>
Not, not all. All of them. So 100% 2013 attendance so far. Yeah. If there was, a, if I had like a Costa Coffee card, two stamps you'd have. You need to get 25 stamps, and you can come to a free show. Be careful with the answer to this. What's been the best one so far? <laughs> <laughs> I felt I led you into the obvious answer, and you still didn't go for it. Jenny. Jenny. Fair enough. Clearly, it was Jenny. The two. She have. doesn't even know what a fucking Muppet is. No, she doesn't know any of them. I think she knows what a Muppet is. Well, how can you know what they are without knowing who they are? That's almost <laughs> philosophically impossible. I think she was just being obstinate. I okay. think she must have known Kermit. She could have just said Kermit, couldn't she? Or the little Kermit's little nephew. That's who I'd marry. <laughs> <laughs> the one that you did that song about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's really creepy. Halfway up the stairs. Halfway up the stairs. <laughs> uh. that's, that's as far Halfway as Halfway up the stairs, I've got the image of you fucking a little frog. That's awful. <laughs> Him, him trying to struggle. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to do a competition where we can win all of this wonderful stuff. Um, it is some good stuff here. And I said I'd give twenty pounds, didn't I? Twenty Scotch pounds. <laughs> and I'm going to put my face on it. Uh, so okay, I'll do that later. Uh, so we're going to do make some statements of truth or fault. Uh, we need everyone to stand up. So let's do that now. I'm going to get that out of the way. Uh, I'm going to make some statements. If you think they're true, put your hands on your head. If you think they're false, put your hands on your bottom. Uh, if you get it wrong, you have to sit down. Self-policing. Um, just during uh, Katie's set, I went on the um, I went on my phone on the internet, and the sad news has come through that the newsreader Kenneth Kendall has just died today. Is that true or false? True. Hands on your head. False. Hands on your bottom. That is uh, false. He died. Just, yeah, so but that was just a little tribute to the old Kenneth Kendall <laughs> draw fast that I used to do. Yeah. You see, now he's he dead. Died, he died. He died years ago. No, you said that last time when I did oh, that. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he died um, in December or something. Oh, okay. Well, it's Kenneth. very, very sad to see him go. Yeah, I'm okay with it's it. It's from the Isle of Wight. But I don't think anyone got caught out by that. Well done. Uh, have you got a statement of truth or false? I've got, I've got some. Me? Yeah. Uh, okay, I used to have a cat called Chairman Meow. True or false? True or false? If you've listened to the Less Spare Theatre podcast, you will know the answer to that what, one. What, oh, did I do it then? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fine. <laughs> uh, okay, so I can do it again. Yes, right. Is, on, what does that mean? That they put true. their hands on their heads? It's, it's true. true. It is true. So people who got that wrong. Sit down. Uh, David Baddiel from uh, <laughs> the Mary Wyatt's Experience wrote the sleeve notes for Genesis box set Nursery Crime. Is that true or false? Everyone's gone for false. <laughs> that bloke's not properly putting his hands on his head because he's not sure. Over the head. Is that true or false, David? That is true. Wow! Oh, I am very Take it out a big oh, way. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Taking them all out. Take them away. You got another okay, one? Can I try one? Yep. I'll try one. Uh, I am 250 to 1 to be the new Doctor Who. True or false? You're sitting down, you can't join in. <laughs> no, you, just, no, you can't play for fun now. There's people over there. Yeah. On head. That's what you're playing for, look at that. <laughs> Toy that money. Guy. Toy money. That's the, uh, that's the Scottish, that guy? Scottish Jane Austen. Fabulous <laughs> 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 butt. He's got. Yeah. It is, well, how dare you be offensive to the Scotch? It is obviously. <laughs> who is that? It's Hugh McSporran, isn't it? That's a listener. Robert Bruce, you can wear a big stupid hat like that. Yeah, I think you uh, do. Okay. These poor people are okay. going to die. That is the answer to the tr- question. No, that is not true. Oh. I am sadly nowhere in the running. According Doctor to Jew, I'm in the running. According to <laughs> where are we? How many people are left? I think just here. So just three. There's three. There's oh, three. Where's the other people? There's two people in the dark. Oh, in the, oh, um, according to Wikipedia, they're like in an alleyway. 
Wikipedia, David Baddiel's subject matter for his jokes is human interaction, anal sex, uh, football and religion. Is that true or false? Well, hang on, that's not really a true or false it question. Is, that's, that's like a philosophical it question. It is, according to Wikipedia. But human interaction, that is everything. <laughs> I know. That's, that's everything what, that involves I'm saying, is that, is that what Wikipedia says? Oh, is that what they say? Well, is it? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> human interaction, true or false? We can't all go for the same thing, because that's not going to work make any difference. Anyone want to change? You're all going for true? You're... You're all incorrect. Uh, it's false. It says only because it's sex, not anal sex. But it should just be anal sex. The That's rest good. of it it's is good. true. It's good. They so you're still in. You're still in. Have you got another question, David Baddiel? Oh, um, another uh, another question. Um, uh, oh, another question. I've sort of run out of uh, of questions. Um, Katie Mulgrew's mum is wee Jimmy Cranky from the Cranky. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Is that true? Oh, hang on, here's the thing. I've got one. I've got one. Uh, I did the first night of my show, uh, la night before last. Ronnie Corbett came. Is that true or false? Uh, split them. Split them. Uh, two true, two false. What's the answer? It was true. Wow, he did. I so was sit very down, honoured. He was very nice. So we're, we're down to two. We're going to just speed this up. I went swimming today. Uh, how many lengths did I swim? <laughs> the closest will win. The second one will get some tickets to Brendan Burns as well. That's not a yes or no. No, you've got to give me an answer. What's, well, how many lengths did I swim today at the swimming pool? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Um, how many lengths did I swim at the pool? Swimming pool. Twenty-six. Yeah, well, that was a sensible thing to do to either go one higher or one lower. Why? Why is well, that because sensible? Because then anything over that, if I did more than that. But you might have done two. Well, that's why it wasn't sensible. You should have looked at me and thought it's less. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is why I said two. It was sensible to go one thing, but you went the wrong way. Yeah. If you said 24, you'd have won, as by being the closest, but you lose. How many did you do? I did 16. Yeah. Still more than you thought, wouldn't it? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> there's two tickets to Brendan Burns for you. Um, I think. Uh, Is he the winner? You know, he's the loser. <laughs> Colin, you can have two tickets to Brendan Burns. He's <laughs> all. Oh. oh, oh, we can't even give away tickets to Brendan Burns. Oh, that's terrible, poor Brendan. I'll tell him on Sunday. Are you going to come on Sunday to see the podcast on Sunday? You hate Brendan Burns, don't you? Fucking hell. <laughs> the there's every chance that Brendan Burns won't turn up if he last year's end the go by. Uh, so that's did, he, did he not turn up? He didn't turn up for what he was meant to do and then he forgot about it or something, but then he came and did it. He's the wild man. Anyone like to go and see Brendan Burns for free? Okay, you were first. Yeah, look at that thug. Uh, and these prizes are for you. I don't. What's your name, sir? Robert. Robert? He's from Scotland. What's your, what's your middle name? The Bruce, obviously. <laughs> And Robert Allen, what's your last name? McSmorran? Johnston. Johnston, he's very... They've got very yeah, Scottish names. Very Scottish names, names yeah. yeah. In Scotland, that does happen. If we were doing this in Israel... <laughs> oh, yes. They'd all be called... Well, they wouldn't, no. They wouldn't know. Not in... No. It's Israel. <laughs> they, they're not just silly Jews in Israel. <laughs> okay, They've right. got all kind of Israeli names. No, I don't which know. I can't do. Well, you should be able to, You're allowed to do it. I can't, I'm not allowed. No, no. I don't uh, mean so politically... <laughs> I can't do it because the name's like... <laughs> I can't speak. That, but no. You just just did it, and it left. We've left the end of the podcast on a very racist. We're allowed to be racist. I consider it anti-Zionist. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's that's apparently okay. <laughs> <laughs> so on that bombshell, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, tomorrow's podcast we have got uh, Norman Lovett. Oh great, He's brilliant! Be on. He's really fantastic. Norman Lovett's going to be in a sitcom. Though, I oh, is he? Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's from uh, Red Dwarf and from um, Edgar Wright's first sitcom as well. I've forgotten the name of it, but I'll find that out quite soon. What? Asylum. 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 Wow. Right. Comedy nerds in the so audience. Come, come and see Are that. Are you going to sleep with them? There'll be another. Comedy <laughs> nerds. <laughs> I'm going to now. I'm not going to sleep with them. Okay. I would Norman love it. <laughs> and I'm going to be very respectful to him because he's an elder man of comedy. As am I, really. No. You weren't no. fucking respectful to me. I wasn't respectful to him. That was kind of my point. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> he's a statesman of comedy that everyone looks up to, David. That's true. Uh, so, uh, thank you very much to my fantastic guests, uh, Katie Marvel and David Mateo. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.